And we are live. Welcome to episode 3104 of the Survival Podcast. If you are new to today's or to new to the show today, it's an interesting show to have kind of a state of the show address, I guess, like a state of the union, the state of the TSP, right? Uh, we'll talk a little bit about our history, very little about our history and a lot of things that are coming. I, I thought this would be good to do today because of a couple reasons. One, because I'm about to make some changes that I alluded to on Friday. And I've learned that no matter how hard I try to be clear about what I mean, one of the things we need to add in the future, and I'm going to even talk about this today, is listening skills, because uh, some of the changes I said I was going to be make, the objections weren't I don't like the change. It was I don't like the thing I think is the change that's not the change. So we'll talk about that. Um, the other reason, though, is I'm about to go away. I am leaving uh, middle of the week next week, but I am probably going to set up this week and over the weekend, rewinds for all of next week and definitely for the week after. Uh, there might be a show Monday, a new show Monday next week, but that's probably about it. Like we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this week on Friday, and then you're gonna get rewinds. And I've got, I, you know, always I do rewinds. I, I look at all the great shows I've already done rewinds of. If you're new to the show, that just means we play old episodes with a bunch of the commercial content, so they're kind of stripped down to just the bare bones, and sometimes a little new preamble in them, and. Uh, I always wonder, like, man, dude, you've done 200 rewinds, so you're going to be able to find some cool rewinds to do. And, like, you know, I remember, like, okay, we've done over 3,000 shows, so, yeah, it'll be all right. And I found some really cool ones, a lot of them from 2017, which I just haven't re relied on that time frame for rewinds, so that'll be cool. Um, so with leaving for a while, I thought it would be a good time to kind of talk about what TSP is going to be and, and what I'm hoping it's going to be by the time I get back uh, in mid-June. Uh, before we do that, though, let's go ahead and talk about our two sponsors of the day. Sponsor day number one today is Start9 Embassy Servers. Uh, I, I think there's three main areas that we can just tell the state no. Actually, four main areas we can stay, tell the state no to at this point. Just like, well, we're going to make a law that no. Right. And one of them is our right to privacy. You can you can say you're going to surveil us and whatever, but, you know, you can get a little box for a few hundred bucks and take complete control of your digital sovereignty. For the first time in the world, technology is on the side of the people versus the government. We can use the same level of military encryption that they do, and you can do that with Start9, and you can start doing it now uh, over at Start9.com. They are a great sponsor. I'm so happy that they're working with us, and I, I, I am as happy about having them as a sponsor as I am about being able to tell you about them because I think it's one of the ways we can truly take back our sovereignty. Remember... You can't be granted sovereignty. You have to claim it. That's the way that it works. The state will never give you sovereignty because it's not in their best interest to do so. And the way I look at this, if you want to spend the next six months, nine months, 12 months trying to brute force attack an encrypted file that is a picture of a cat that I sent my great aunt, go ahead. Use your resources that way if you want to. So one of the four areas we'll talk about today you can take your sovereignty back is privacy, and I recommend you do that with Start9. Remember, if you're an MSB member, you get off a discount off of their, their products. It's so big, it covers your membership for several years. Next up today, ButcherBox.com. You know, the thing that Start9 and ButcherBox have in common is I have a Start9 right here, Start9 server right behind me, 
and I have a freezer full of ButcherBox meat. These are companies that I am a customer of. In the case of ButcherBox, it's really an exchange. They they pay me in meat uh, for their sponsorship spot. So every month, a great big box of meat comes to my house, pastured pork, pastured poultry, grass-fed beef. You can have that giant box show up, too. Just go to ButcherBox.com to learn more. And again, MSB members, discount, 10 bucks a month on every box forever. By the way, we're the only people that have that with ButcherBox. Nobody else has a recurring discount with ButcherBox. That's why occasionally we'll have somebody, the code won't work or something, and I have to get involved because the CSRs are like, what? Recurring? We don't do that. Yeah, they do for MSB and for the Survival Podcast. We've been with ButcherBox now uh, as a, with a sponsor relationship four and a half years. Check them out, and you'll see why I love the fact that my freezer is full of ButcherBox meat. With that, let's go ahead and dig on into what we have to talk about today. Please remember, if you want to ask me a question or have something for me to comment at the end, all caps, at least for the first couple words in your comment, that is for those of you on the live feed, in the chat, on YouTube or Twitch or Facebook. Everybody else, you're making comments, whatever, no need for it. We don't need to be shouting in text. Let's start off with, how did we get here? How did the survival podcast become what it is? And some of you, you've, you've, you've been around long enough. You were here when it happened. So you know, but it's, it's good to kind of look back at how we got to where we are. Back in 2008, I actually was running several companies. I was a partner in a holding company. We had at the time five companies in it. We added another one before I walked away. So, uh, six companies and then a holding company. And one of those was a company that I was also serving as the president of, and it was called Franklin Spirico Media. And we had a financial advisor that wanted a web development project done, and one of the things he wanted was a podcast. So I said, okay, sure. And I just threw the bid together and went and closed the deal, and it was a great contract. And I brought it back and had, handed it off to my lead developer, and he's like, I, I can do all of this, but uh, I don't know how to set up a podcast on the feed and all that. And I'm like, just build the site. I'll figure it out. You got to realize, like, podcast is easy to set up. Not no aid it wasn't. People, well, it was, but you didn't know that it was, right? Kind of like Bitcoin today. It's easy, but you don't know it. And uh, so I said, I'll figure it out. So I thought, I might as well put something together. I've been kicking around this idea of a podcast about self-sufficiency, self-reliance, independence, and liberty, and prepping, and gardening, and homesteading, and investing, and entrepreneur, all the stuff I love and was passionate about for quite a while. And um, I was like, I'll just, why don't I just do that? So I got a little cheap-ass recorder. I put it in my lap. I didn't even have a headset for, like, the first couple episodes. That's how bad they are. And I just recorded some stuff and figured out how to make a podcast. And about a week into it, I got home after being at work all day, dealing with people I didn't want to deal with all day, dealing with traffic, dealing with, and I had, like, an hour-long commute, guys. On a good day, it was an hour. And I didn't want to punch a hole in the wall. I felt good, and I was actually excited. And I was like, man, you know what? I got to get up early tomorrow and work on this podcast thing. And I realized right then, like, this is going to be a business. This is going to be a business. And the big lesson in that is I decided about day five, I'm going to do this so well that I am going to walk away from everything that I'm doing now and do only this. I did that five days into it. I was about six months into it, and I was really pouring my heart, guts, and soul out. And 
my wife by then had, you know, I actually, we had a discussion about what I was doing and why I was doing it. And we had a discussion where she said, you're working too hard and something's got to give. And I said, give me six months and all this other shit can give. I've told that before. I don't think what I've really kind of connected the dots for you guys on though is that six months was up and I was ready to walk. And I sat down and talked to my primary partner in the business, Neil. And he said, I need you to stay for six more months. This was about June. So it was through the end of the year. He said, one of the companies is really off the rails. We're in the middle of this recession that we knew we were going to be in. We've taken a lot of corrective action, but I need somebody to just, you can let go of everything else. There's no sense in continuing to build a marketing company anymore because you're going to go. Do this one thing for me. And I had to have that conversation with Dorothy and say, the man's been good to me for years. He's never broken a commitment from, uh, to me, ever. This is a reasonable request. And I had to do it six more months after I asked for six months. And then it was over. It was done. I quit. I walked away from corporate America. That was in 2010. January 1, 2010, actually January 2, 2010, I did the first episode of the Survival Podcast that that was as a full-time job from my home office, and I never looked back. It's now 2022, middle of the year. We are about 21 days away, blackjack away from the birthday of TSP being 14 years old. And I would just like to say thank you to all you folks out there that have been part of this over the years because it wouldn't have happened without you. It's not a story of my success. It's a story of our success. It is the power of deciding this shall be. I do not care what it takes. I will make it. But you guys came along. And thank you to all of you. And I've asked people to put in the year that they were uh, first listening to the show. I've got one here. Chris, talk about an OG, TSP OG, man. Chris, 2009 while driving several of the same Dallas roads as Jack. That is an OG. Katie, 2011, that's pretty OG right there. James, 2011, that's pretty OG. Ryan, 2012, I'm going to say that's still OG territory. Uh, 5x5 says 2015 after reading about us in uh, Glenn Tate's books, 299 Day Series. 2015 is a veteran, maybe not an OG, but definitely a veteran. Mike, 2009, big time OG territory. Michelle, 2009. Nance, 2019. I can't get to everybody. November, uh, let's see. Jack Slate, 2014, November, while deployed. Survivalizer. I can't even keep up with you guys trying to highlight your stuff. 2012 at least. Built. By Ross, 2008, definite OG. Year one is definite OG. John Henry, 09, uh, Canadian Farmstead. I was in Arkansas when he started listening, so that's 2011-ish, uh, 2012-ish, somewhere in that range, uh, maybe late 2010. Early 09 from 229 Mick. Okay, guys, thank you. Like It's crazy watching this stuff pour in, and it, it, it swells me, man. It really does. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll, I'll stay here all day if we just keep reading them off. But as you can see, there's been folks around for a long time. And 
it was the best thing I ever did outside of being a father and a grandfather and a husband. It's the only thing I've done consistently outside of being a father, a grandfather and a husband for, you know, more than a decade. And I hope that the one thing that everybody takes away from that is number one, don't tell me one person can't make a difference because the way one person makes a difference is they call others to action by their own action and by their own discipline and by their own willingness to sacrifice. And this community has proven, absolutely proven that that can happen. So thank you for that. But I want you to then take that and realize you can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. It's up to you what you want to do with your life. And we're going to talk about that a lot as we, uh, as we move forward together. Again, a bunch of rewinds that are about to drop. Um, I've got some pretty cool topics. I'll give you a few of them here if I can find them. Um, we're gonna, we have an episode on 20 things kids should be able to do by the age 14. That's from 2017. That's gonna drop. Uh, how prepping leads to liberty. We're going to talk a little bit about perennial vegetables. I'm going to rewind the MacGyver vehicle success stories, people that had their vehicles broken down and used MacGyver-like solutions to get their vehicle running again, uh, including how I used a speaker wire to get home from the river when I was a teenager. Uh, I think I was 21 when I did that, but it was I was pretty young. Um, Talking about uncertain futures, overlooked garden vegetables, we talk about the canine brain with dog training. Um, we have an episode called That Which You Can Change. I can't believe I've never rewound that one, but we're going to do that. And then we have a couple episodes that we'll wrap up before I get back with on keeping chickens. So, like, we're going to have this really great um, variety uh, of rewinds coming for you. And I think that'll be a good reset. Right. We don't hear about the reset, the reset, you know, the financial reset, the great reset, the greater reset, on and on and on. Sometimes a reset's just, hey, let's just remind ourselves where we came from. So I think that will help us. And when we come back, I talked about this last week. But what we're going to do, and this is where there was some confusion. There was actually way more confusion than I would expect. I thought I explained this right, but I was pretty amped last week. By the way, I jumped down a, a few of you guys' throats for saying things that weren't true uh, about the school shooting. And I'm sorry that I jumped down your throat. I was pretty amped last week myself thinking about those, those poor children and then thinking about how it was being politicized already. So, and I, I didn't follow my own rules of letting people speak. And I, I apologize for that. Um, but we also talked about how I'm going to make some changes and that's what led to today's show. And I talked about doing something with Bitcoin and how I'm not going to let you guys get away uh, from hearing about Bitcoin. But at the same time, I don't want to always blend Bitcoin in with other things. So here's what's going to happen. Starting hopefully the week I get back, we're going to have something called the Bitcoin breakout and think of it like Outback with Jack. Okay. So when we do an Outback with Jack episode, it's not not in the TSP lineup. It's not not in the TSP feed, etc. It's just an episode, a weekly or sometimes bi-weekly episode of the Survival Podcast. So I don't know what day it's going to be yet, but either Monday or Tuesday looks pretty tasty for it. We're going to have the Bitcoin breakout. So it'll be an episode of the Survival Podcast. The difference is it will also have its own website. You guessed it, thebitcoinbreakout.com. It will have its own feed and it will go into iTunes and value for value and Spotify and all that other stuff. 
just like the Survival Podcast does. So that one episode each week will be on two different podcasts. And there's a reason for that. One is it would be dumb of me to give up the installed user listener base that I have with TSP for that show and then go to a, a prospective guest and go, I want you to be on my new podcast with 17 listeners, right? So it will be in both. It will let me do this and not have to do a six show a week because I did a six show a week for a while and I hated doing it. I'm not going to do what I hate at this point. I'm 50 years old. I'm too old to do what I hate anymore, right? I teach you not to do what you hate. So this will just be, there'll be a weekly show that's focused on Bitcoin and blockchain and lightning and it will be a TSP episode. Which means if you want to listen to it as a THP, TSP show, you don't have to do anything. If you don't want to listen to it as a TSP show, you'll have, you know, what, eight hours, six, six to eight hours of other content that week. Listen to that instead and listen to somebody else you like during the day that you don't listen to me. Uh, I can't please everybody, so all I can do is try to do the best service I can for the most people. But what this will also do is let me go out to companies like Voltage and say, hey, Do you want to sponsor the show at a, maybe a discounted rate and you're on that side alone or what have you? Uh, and also to be able to go out and get guests who maybe don't want to be really, at least they don't want to lead in to be, hey, you're going to be on the Survival Podcast. Hey, you want to be on the Bitcoin Breakout. So that may let me build a whole additional thing and basically lever up the existing platform without actually splitting the brand. Because every time I split my brand in the past, it sucked. It didn't work out for the best. This way, I'm not splitting the brand. I'm expanding the brand. So that's that's what's going to happen there. There's another thing that I think a lot of you guys that like I don't get it yet, but and it's not I don't want to get it. I just don't get it. I'm going to do 10 to 12 episodes, and I am going to do those kind of like we're doing right now, just off the cuff. Some of them might be really quick, but what is Bitcoin? What are the first principles of money? What are the exchanges that you can use? A lot of the stuff I've covered on TSP in the past, these will not go out as survival podcasts. Podcasts, they'll kind of prime the pump on the BitcoinBreakout.com, and they'll be like episodes one through ten. And they'll always be there as like, I don't know anything and I want to understand. Like a free audio course on how Bitcoin, blockchain, lightning, etc. works and how money works and why it works. And then so the first episode that goes out on both will be like, you know, either episode 11 or 12 of the Bitcoin breakout. And it will go into the TSP feed. It'll go to both places. And that way, when I submit that new podcast to Apple and Spotify, et cetera, there'll be something there. And when people find it, there'll be people don't subscribe to podcasts with one episode. They just don't. So that's the way that I'm going to do this. I hope that makes sense. So for those of you that are like, I just want the survival podcast and I don't want crypto stuff to go away, nothing, literally nothing happens for you at all unless you choose to participate in something else. And those of you that want more dedicated content about this, you have it. And if you want to be able to share it with people that aren't into the rest of this yet, you'll have a way to do it. And I don't have to do hardly any extra work. Maybe I have to do a little cut and paste and one extra submit a week and I'm done and everything works. There will be a Bitcoin breakout YouTube channel. So we will be on both YouTube channels simultaneously. You can take your pick of which one you want to use. So I don't know how to do this any better for more people than to do that. And so what that means is if somebody complains about it, it's now going to file 13. 
which is the round file little waste can on, on the floor, right? I, I, and I want to just say before we move on to some other stuff, why I won't let this go, why I won't stop talking about it, why I won't let you get away from it. Right now, there's a shitload of you going, man, I'm glad Jack taught us food storage for 14 years because look where we're at. Man, I'm glad I have the 12 gas can Jack Spearco fuel storage system in place, if you do anyway. Man, I'm glad I got a garden. Man, I'm glad I got out of the damn city. Man, I, I am so glad that, that I have some livestock and I have a source of protein and fat that's outside of their shit. Man, I'm glad I started a business. Man, like all the stuff that we taught from 20, 2008 all the way up till today, minus crypto. Because we talked about it since 2014 in earnest. That's a long time, eight years, right? But all the other stuff, there's so many of you like, I'm so glad he wouldn't shut up about getting out of debt. I'm so glad that he hit me with a two by four in the face over the debt that I was putting my family into that was crippling us. And I'm so glad I don't have it. And I'm so glad now I have all this stupid money that's in surplus because that jerk put me in touch with what I was doing to myself. I won't not talk about Bitcoin because you're going to feel that way about Bitcoin in the future. You're go this is something you can't run away from, you can't hide from, you can't pretend it doesn't exist. It is one of those four pillars that you can use to tell the government no. No, you can't have my wealth, at least not this portion of it. If you'd like to try to steal it, good luck guessing which atom in the universe goes with my public key. Because it's about the same odds. The, the, the encryption with Bitcoin is basically that. You have about the same odds of guessing a private key of you do of plucking the right atom out of the universe. So with something that powerful, I won't let it go. And something that's going to be integrated into all of technology with Lightning, I will not let it go because no matter how resistant you are right now, one day you're going to say, gee, I'm glad Jack wouldn't shut up about this. And I see that as my responsibility. Mike, thank you for the super chat of 20 bucks. I really appreciate it. He said, just had to buy a spare Glock thanks to Trudeau. One is none, right? I agree. Yeah. So Kevin Trudeau is going to outlaw handguns because there was a shooting with a rifle in Texas. That That shows you how much it is really about your safety and not just capitalizing on an opportunity. Um, little quick thing before we move on. Uh, Ren's Homestead, as of yesterday, we're both 100% self-employed on the farm of our dreams because of you. Thank you. Ren, you are you are self-sufficient and uh, self-employed because of you. I just planted a seed in your mind, and you chose to grow it. That's all any of us can do. We can plant seeds in people's minds and hearts. They're the one that has to water it take care of it and cultivate it. So good on you. Um, yeah. And, and I, I feel the same way about, uh, Bitcoin and lightning. And one day you're going to say, man, if I would have only known, if you listen to this show, you're not going to be able to say you didn't know. All right. Moving on to something else. The aquatics course. Keep getting a lot of questions about that. It will be done this summer. I promise you, and I never break my promises. It will be done this summer. Just remember that August is summer too. Um, with all the things that I'm doing, I can only move so fast. And if I'm going to charge 400, 500 bucks for this, and I am, then it has to be right. And I just want to say a little bit about what that means and what it doesn't mean. What it means is you take the course, you use all the information, the 20 to 30 hours of instruction. It's probably actually going to be more. 
you can then ask questions. The questions will be answered and uploaded, and every chapter will have questions that have been asked and little videos right under it answering your questions. Uh, you take the course, you take the tests, you pass the tests, you go through the Q&A if the question's already been asked, um, and then you want to go build aquatic systems, you can. That's what right means. And that almost any problem you'll run into, you either know what to do or you have the tools to figure out what to do. What it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean there's going to be, you know, godlike music and waterfalls coming down from the heavens and all the effort put into production value. You're going to get an instructional that looks a lot like what you're looking at with screen flow images and breakaway videos. That's what it's going to be. And I just want to be clear that that's what it's going to be. Uh, Agora, uh, Agora Anarchist says, will there be a discount code for the aquaponics course in the MSB? I expect that there will be. Um, there will be a discount for MSB members. Since this is the first time I've used the Learn Dash platform to build a course, and I'm not to the point of actually like putting a price on it yet, I don't know if it will work seamlessly with just here's your discount code, stick it in and use it. It probably will. One way or another, even if it's go to your MSB and and use a special link, there will be some discount for MSB, of course. Um, it probably won't be huge because, honestly, most of my customers are going to be MSB customers. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you that something's happened with this that's never happened anything I've ever done before. As I've been working on it and asking people that are closest to me about it and These are people that already know how to do 90% of what's in it because they've been here while it's being done. One of them literally helped me. They're like, two things. One, I'm going to buy it. Two, don't charge too little. And I know that sounds kind of egotistical or whatever, but it's it's the truth, guys. It's I, I don't know that I've ever put this much of my life into learning something that somebody else doesn't already know before. And... Everything I'll teach you, somebody is probably teaching, but I don't think that anybody's ever put it all together because I don't think anybody's ever done it the way that I've done it. And, you know, I, I think it's a blessing from a curse. And the curse is I can't dig a hole, so I had to learn how to do things differently. And if you can dig a hole, everything I'm going to teach you, you can you can put on steroids. So we'll, we'll, we'll move on from there. I just want you to know it's going to happen this summer, but August is summer too. Uh, next up, Outback with Jack is going to be mostly a Friday thing now. Um, and again, with the whole Bitcoin stuff we already just talked about, I'm not going to say there'll never be anything about Bitcoin in Outback with Jack, but it'll be at most like a five to seven minute bullet point. And then a reminder, Hey, you want more of this? You can get it in the Bitcoin breakout for those of you that are, you know, a little bit thick in the skull and still fighting this thing. Um, I really think this is just kind of throwing this out for you guys that are still hesitant about, uh, Bitcoin. It's 1915 and you're insisting that you don't want to, you don't want a telephone. It's 1998 and you're insisting that you don't need the internet. It's something like that at this point. Like most of the people that are still holding out right now, the reason you're holding out is because you've held out, which I know sounds crazy, but it's like, Since I've said this is not a thing for so long, and since I didn't participate, now I have to defend my own decision. Throw Bitcoin away with that. Don't do that shit with anything. I have had to admit my mistakes publicly 
to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. I have been on record with things and said, you know, I was wrong about that, and I have to make this change now. If I can do that with all of you, you can do it with yourself or the two or three people that even know and care that you said no. Don't let what you've doubled, tripled, and quadrupled down on prevent you from discovering that you were wrong, and I don't care what the subject is. Uh, next, we are going to continue expert counsel as per normal. I've had some questions about that. Like, will this take away from expert counsel? Guys, it's just another, it's just another defining of a weekly show with its own fee. Expert counsel is one of the best things I've ever done inside TSP. It gives me a breathing day where I can breathe a little bit and, and, and not work as hard. And so expert counsel is going to continue. Guest interviews. Will be, I, I am going to try to pull the shows more into a one hour time bracket. And I want to explain why. It's not that I mind doing the show for two hours. It's not that I don't think we do a good job and we, that we can't take the time that long. And I'm sure it'll happen. I'm just going to make a conscious effort when I'm putting bullet points together, go, that's probably more than we need to cover today. I do want to reach more people and There, I can just look at metrics and I can tell you that we get more new people on any week where our average show is in a one hour range than a two hour range. Because there's a psych psychological thing there that when people see the timestamps, they go, I, I, I can't give this two hours, even though they don't have to, that, that they, uh, that they can't give it two hours in their head. So there is a, like a sweet spot. Uh, where people are more likely to give you a shot in the first place so you have an opportunity uh, to win them over. And I can also tell you when we do, when we do two hour shows, especially if it's just me, just the live streams alone tell me where I, well, I kind of start losing people at an hour and a half. I can just look at the head count little number up there and it's not everybody, but it's everybody in YouTube land is up in that number and it tells me that there's an attention span deficit after a certain point. So I know some of you love the long shows, but I think that with a catalog of 3,100 plus episodes, if you need more TSP on any given week, pick a subject you, you want to know more about, or you can use a refresher in, go to the survivalpodcast.com, throw it in the, the, uh, the search menu and pull up an episode and hit play. And if you, you know, then you can just skip all the announcements and shit because that's five years ago. So screw it. And I'll tell you that a lot of times when I'm doing rewinds and all, I listen to my own old episodes and I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. I don't remember that. Oh yeah. That's right. If I do that, I guarantee you, um, that you guys will find new things in the old if you need more content. So that's why we're doing that. Um, guest interviews will continue to be whatever length of time makes sense for that guest. Like I said, my interview with Brian last week on Bitcoin and Lightning, I I wouldn't trade that extra hour for anything. I think when you're doing a guest interview, it's a different dynamic than me sitting here lecturing. And so when I get a guest on and that connection is going and you're in that zone where things are flowing and not only are you, because like, I've gotten to be a much better interviewer than when I started out. And it lets me get things out of people that I don't think that maybe another interviewer would get from them. And I think part of it is 
something that some people are turned off by, and that is when you want to be on the show, I make you give me eight questions to ask you. I don't limit myself to those eight, and sometimes I don't ask them all. Sometimes I choose to call them out, or you actually answered it and didn't realize it. But in doing that, I'm able to put guests into a very comfortable position, and they are able to know I don't have to try to get my my you know my infomercial part of my thing and my brand in here like that's kind of already pre-approved and he's going to let me do that and that means we can have this normal conversation for as long as we want and I will still get to pimp my thing right and so that helps me get that person into a comfortable position where they will explore for themselves Maybe things they didn't know that they knew. I don't know that I'll ever be the master of that that Joe Rogan is, but I will go Rogan light one day a week with interviews if it, if it happens. I will never cut a guest off when we're in that zone and we're in that flow. If I have to freaking say, just carry on and go pee and come back, I'll do it, man. I am not shutting down a guest in that situation because it's a special thing when you get that going on. And I think what happens is it's two-way. And you end up with that person getting things from you that you didn't realize. Like last week when I dropped that Bitcoin in a financial equation is like the speed of light in a physics equation. It's the constant. I'm like, that's so profound, but it's also so obvious. How did nobody ever say that before? And I don't think anybody did. I'm not going to claim I'm the first person to say it, but the first time I said it was the first time I heard it, and that was in 2022. And that wouldn't have happened without that guest. I could have sat here and talked to you about Bitcoin until I was blue in the face, like the color of this can, and it would have never happened. So we'll keep doing those. And that might mean that our guest segment on any given week becomes the Bitcoin breakout show. And it might mean that some weeks I double book guests and I book a Bitcoin guest and I book a more homesteading, entrepreneurial, permaculture guest. So there might be two guest interviews some weeks and not others, just That's the way that's going to roll. Next, um, most weeks, not all weeks, but most weeks will have at least one episode that's probably just me, and it is absolutely drilled down on storing food or shoring up the basics of preparedness or permaculture or homesteading or livestock or something that is a hard skill. I don't think that's a change, but it's more like a double down on the commitment to make sure that I am covering the hard, technical, practical skill sets, and that I'm not afraid to go back into fundamentals because when I said, what was the first year you listened to the Survival Podcast a bit ago, there was a lot of 09, 08, you know, 11, 10, what have you. And you guys have been around and you've heard all this stuff. But there was also a lot of like 2019, 2020, 2021, this year. So I, I can't ever be afraid to do nuts and bolts basic stuff. And I've always said when we talk about fundamentals that, you know, when you I don't care if you're a professional football player. You have a bad game, what does the coach do? He's doing fundamental drills. There's always a play like when you go and you take a handgun class, nobody gives a shit if you were a special operator or some something. You're going to have some portion of that class is going to drill down into, you know, pressing into a grip and side alignment fundamentals. Nobody's ever too good for fundamentals, so I'll make sure that we're always doing the fundamentals. And Mike says 12 planks on a regular basis. I probably should do the 12 planks more. And maybe I should do a 12-plank series where I break out two or three of the planks each week for like four weeks, three planks a week for four weeks 
to get all 12. That might actually be a really good way to go. So we'll keep doing that. And I'll always take your feedback like that, guys. Sometimes people email me something. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. It doesn't mean I didn't pay attention. It doesn't mean it actually won't have something to do with something I do. It just means I'm not going to do it exactly the way you said. And one thing you guys need to understand in comments on social, in comments and chat, in the live feed, in email responses, I, I'm not making an excuse. I'm just telling you the reality is I am a busy freaking dude. Okay. I really am. And so my short responses can sometimes be taken the wrong way as though you were written off. And that's my failure. But all I'm trying to do is acknowledge you. And most people at my point in a game like this just don't respond to 90% of what comes to them because they, they just feel I don't have the time anymore. And maybe they're smarter than me. But I'd rather piss off one in a hundred to make sure the other 99 know that I gave a fuck. And it's hard to answer still almost every, not all, sometimes I don't, but it's hard to answer still almost every email I get. It's hard. So when you get a response from me and it's not what you expected, just realize I gave a shit enough to, to not only read it, but to respond to it, even if it wasn't the way that you wanted me to. And that's, that's something I don't ever want to change. And it's why I'm not doing things the way a lot of other people that are frankly more successful than me are and that they have bigger audiences because they're working more on their business and in their business, which is advice I would give in a typical business. This is not a typical business. As long as it pays all my bills and then some, then it's just something that I love and I do passionately and, 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 and I just want to serve you guys. So that's why I don't have a personal assistant. That's why I don't have somebody managing my social media for me. I'd rather tell you to fuck off on social media than have somebody tell you what you want to hear and I don't know that it got said. I'm not a fake-ass bitch and I'm never going to be, even if it's to my own detriment. And so that will never change. And the old timers are like, well, I never expected that to. Just if you don't know what you're getting yourself into and you're rather new to the community, this is what you're getting yourself into. Um, next, I want to do more in-depth discussions like our ideas about gun solutions. So last week I said, let's just take all of the baggage of the fact that we can't trust. I didn't put it this way, but this is what I meant. Take all the fact that we can't trust government to run a system that says Jim from Jim's garden here can't have a gun because if Jim pisses off the wrong person in the government, they'll just tick a box. We've had kids that can't get on a plane. I mean, literal children, 10 years old, due to a name confusion thing, can't get on an airplane because their name ends up with them on the no-fly list. So, like, we know we can't trust the government to do that. But I think that most of us can agree that – There are people that shouldn't have guns. There are people that shouldn't have guns. Who out there has – I'll try to remember why that came up, Jim, and, and mention you in the, in the follow-up. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, you, you're out in some big city or something. You see some homeless person that's clearly mentally deranged, like talking to themselves, moving their hands all weird or some shit, like, you know – They're on drugs, maybe. They're not coherent with the world. Um, or even people just when they careen over into, like, dementia and Alzheimer's. Like, 
my father-in-law was a, a Marine, a Dutch Marine in, in World War II and in Reconstruction. He was an incredible man. I would have stomped somebody's ass if they had tried to take a gun or the right to own a gun away from him. But there was still a point when he went into full-on dementia where you're like, okay, now if we're going to take your car keys away, right? So there are people, and those are extreme examples, that maybe shouldn't own a gun. And it's within the right of any gun shop owner if somebody comes in and they like, just like a bartender will go, dude, you're done. You're not getting any more alcohol. They go, no, I, I'm not, I'm not selling you a gun because of things you've said or ways you've acted. And maybe there is a way that we can prevent those people from getting guns or at least make it more difficult for them to get guns without taking away anybody's actual rights. And I don't know what that is, but I ask for solutions to the gun problem and the school problem as far as the guns go. And there was a shitload of them came in in the chat, a bunch. And Mick, uh, who's here with us a lot, uh, played secretary and, and put them all down in a file and got them over to me. And I haven't done anything with them yet. And my original idea was, well, I'll just put them out here and we'll discuss it in a live feed. Yeah, that's not good. It's too many and too, too many people. I think what I'm going to do, and I might even see if somebody wants to help with this, is get up a thread on MeWe. Maybe maybe put the file there and let people go through and let's hammer them out one at a time and see if we can find like five that have some legs. And maybe those five are composed of some of them are like two ideas put together because both ideas by themselves suck, but maybe they go together start to make sense. Some sort of really in-depth, sincere discussion about this, and then let's do an episode, maybe after I get back, going through this. Because I think we do have a problem. And I think that problem is multifaceted. It's multifaceted. You can't discuss this problem and say, well, if we just make it harder to buy a gun, the problem will go away. That's not going to fix it. But it's probably the case that this kid that just shot a bunch of people in Texas shouldn't have had a gun. There's, you know, people were saying that there is a uh, picture of him dressed in a dress. I think you can dress in a dress and own a gun. I really don't have a problem with that. I really don't. I don't want to take away guns from people that wear dresses that are dudes. I, if you want to wear a dress, I mean, is a kilted dress? Where are we going to draw the line, Scotsman, right? Okay, so, but you know what? If you have pictures of you holding up a bag full of dead cats, like cruelty to animals and killing animals is a known sign of sociopathy, maybe you shouldn't be running around with an AR-15. And how do we do that? I don't know. I don't claim to know. Somebody's going to say I'm a gun grabber now or something like that. I'm talking about a private system that we maybe can come up with. And maybe we can't. But maybe in even the discussion of doing it, we realize, okay, this doesn't work. But here's all these other things that do work. If we are afraid to have in-depth, challenging discussions, we're no better than they are when they're silencing people about treatments for COVID. We're no better. And I would actually like if we could get somebody, a few people that are smart in on this from the gun grabber side and say, look, in this discussion, we're not, we're not, we're, this is one of our areas that we say no, right? We, we just say no. We're not giving up our guns. We'll keep buying them. We'll keep making them. We'll keep printing them. And you can't have the ones we have. But if you really do want to talk about this, why don't you come talk to some gun owners? about the things we can do outside of guns that will result in less people getting killed if that's what you really care about. I don't know that there's a lot of people on that side 
willing to have that discussion. But I take two. And I think if we can't, if we can't have that discussion, then we don't mean our own thing. I think that it's very important that we be principled. And this is what I see, like, for all the shit that I give the right, the place that I will give the right props over the left in not all things, but in general is the things that are important to the right stay important to the right no matter what happens. The left is just like, well, I don't want a gun, but you can have your gun. I don't want to take a gun away. And then there's a shooting. Oh, now we have to do something. The right doesn't as easily do this. But I'll tell you who doesn't do it hardly at all. Real libertarians, anarchists, voluntarists. Principle over preference. We acknowledge that shitty things will happen in the world, including god-awful things. I won't alter my principle because you're emotional right now. And we should be able to have discussions from that standpoint. These are our principles. These are the things that are not negotiable. And yet, here's the places we're willing to meet you. These are the places we can maybe figure out something that will work. And the people I think would learn the most from that are the people on the other side of the debate, if we could actually get them to engage. And I don't know that we can. Where to do that, I guess it's me. We I want to talk a little bit about social media going forward right now. I hate saying that MeWe is the best place that we have right now for discussions in this community, but it is. I think Discord and Telegram are great as well. Telegram just doesn't break things out into here's a discussion about this thing, right? It doesn't categorize. It's just a long stream of discussion. And I know you can use hashtags, but nobody does, and it doesn't work really well. Discord at least has boards, and there's a good discussion about a lot of different – good discussions about many things from our community on our Discord. Um, but MeWe's where I get the most engagement, and it's the easiest to, like, see, oh, here's a discussion about. So I guess that's what we should use for this. And if somebody's interested in trying, because I don't really have time this week, and I don't really know what to do, but if somebody would take Mixed File and use it to start creating discussions on MeWe, email me about it, put TSPC MeWe in the subject line, and do it in the uh, TSP community forum there, and maybe we can get something going with that. But I think MeWe is our place for now. I also want to talk about Float and a concern that I have. So we waited a long time, and I have pushed Float harder than probably anybody else out there. And I love Float, and I love Kingsley and Aaron, and I love what they're all about, and I love what they stand for. But when we finally got Float 2.0 or Float Alpha or whatever you want to call it, Beta 2 or uh, Main Platform or Catamaran or whatever, it's worse than it was. I'll say it. It's worse than it was before they fixed it. I don't expect that from private companies. There are some things that really need to change. I have been giving reasons for why they have not changed. Um, that's fine. But it doesn't fix the problem. The right now as a content creator, float is pretty much useless to me. The fact that I can't drop a link in and get a snippet and then just say, hey, check this out. We put this here. Or I just found this article and blah. And, and, and it just doesn't really work. All you get is like a double static crap link. No image preview, no snippet, no nothing. It's killing float. If, if any of you guys here are from the float team or you hear this later on today and it bothers you that I'm saying this, I'm telling you because it's tough love, brothers and sisters. It's killing you. The content creators that are the biggest influencers that have given your platform a shot that want you to succeed, when we talk to each other, are like it's not usable 
the way that it is. Please fix it. The reason I was given was that they are very concerned that maybe some shit content that could be like phishing content or something will pass through. You want to fix that, that's noble. The damn thing worked for more than two years the way that it was, and I don't think anybody had their computer shut down over it or something like that. Fix it. Fix it fast. Get your communities in place and get your, um, get your communities in place and, and get this uh, display fixed and get your marketplace in place because everybody's running past you. And I don't, I, I am not saying this to be a bitch. I am not saying this to put you down. I am not being a hater. The company with the best principles in social media right now, in my opinion, and I don't mean principles as like the principles of technology, the principles of the human beings building it is float. You're also technically the worst performing platform for people like me to use there is. And I love you so much, I'm forcing myself to use it while you have it fucked up anyway. Please fix it. Please fix it. Don't tell me. We can fix it faster than we could before. Fix it. Fix it now, or it's going to kill you. It's going to crush you. I'm sorry. The platform that has the best technology that's also free speech right now is Gab. So why haven't I promoted it? Is it because it's full of racists and Nazis and shit like that? No. I think if you have a platform that actually means what it says and says, we are 100% free speech, you will have that. I think telling people if you don't want to associate with these people or be part of them or what have you block them is fine. It's what I do because I am on Gab. I just am not real active there. Um. My problem is if I, if I built a platform like that, I would not shut those people down. I would speak out against them directly and very assertively and say that I do not endorse what they have to say. In fact, I would actually publicly come out and say, these people are on my platform only because my principle above my preference is free speech. I think they're scum. And I think if you're using my platform to do these things, you should know that I think you are a piece of human filthy shit, that you are lower than a maggot at the bottom of a garbage can. And those of you who know me know I would not mince words. I would say it that way. But I'd say, if not that, I would say something. Andrew Torba, to my knowledge, has said nothing at all against those people. And that gets good. I, I'm not saying he's a bad guy. I'm not saying he doesn't think it. I don't know his motivations. I don't pretend to know what another human being Thinks. But when I, when I decide to align myself with a company and vouch for them, I do judge the man. And if I don't have enough information to do it properly, instead of crapping all over them, I just don't endorse. And so the reason I haven't like built up the TSP community that's on Gab or said, Hey, follow me on Gab or talked about it a lot. Cause I haven't seen any of that. If I'm this and why do I even bring it up? If I am wrong, show me. If I'm wrong, show me. If you can show me Torba saying, not 
you know, hey, you know, we have to let these people here. I don't really, you know, if you can show me Torba clearly saying, I'm not one of these people. I don't like these people. I wish they weren't here, but they are, and I won't stop them. Anything like that, show me. Until you do, I'm sorry. When you have as much of it as is there, there, and you say nothing, it speaks volumes, and I won't judge you. But I won't befriend you. I won't ally with you. And I won't put my name next to yours. That's why I haven't done. And it sucks because they have a marketplace. They have a pay system. They have communities. They have tag, like everything you could want a platform to have. They have. There's probably not another, you know, alternative free speech platform that has as many tools to be used. But I have to wonder about the founders and the people behind it. And I don't want to, but I do. And I agree. K-Bong says platforms are like shit coins. Too many to wash out. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think that, uh, I think that honestly, maybe in time, bigger platforms will come back around. Like one of the things you guys should know, I am on Twitter again because the shadow ban was lifted. Uh, on, on Twitter, I am the survival pod C. I have great discussions on Twitter. I get a lot of great information on Twitter now. Um, I'm having a lot of good interaction on Twitter. I still think the people that run Twitter are sleaze, but it's the sheer volume of people there and all the projects in crypto and lightning and, and, and Bitcoin are there. Like everybody's there. It's the town square. And if you have a town square and it's actually open to everybody, guess what? You're not going to like some of the people that are there. So you won't hear me pushing Twitter. But much like I use Gab, I'll use Twitter. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, again, I'm at the Survival Pod C. It's up on the screen right now. Uh, and I realize I'm probably hurting myself because probably people are looking for Jack Spirko and not finding me that way. Or you're finding my account with my picture from when I was like 28 years old on it that has like five tweets on it or some shit. So if you want to, if you want to follow me there, you can, right? So, uh, just so you know that. But yeah, I don't know what we're going to do with social media going forward. I, I really don't because I think that we, it, it is almost just too much of a clusterfuck anymore. And I'm also at the same time, I'm hesitant to ever build like another TSP form or something because I don't think people will use it because when social media took off, people migrated away and it has bifurcated us. So I guess the one place that all of us will always be able to get together is through the podcast itself. But what I was saying, okay, I got sidetracked there. Sorry about that. I think Musk, assuming this merger actually goes through, may implement lightning on Twitter. And here's why, even if you're not a Bitcoin person, it would be good. If we can just simply make it to where you can use Twitter all you want, but that doesn't mean I have to let you comment on my shit or deal with you or anything if you don't put any skin in the game. And let's say you put, I don't know, $10 on your account and, and you can do it as dollars, but it gets turned into the only way that it'll really work the way I'm about to describe would be on the Bitcoin lightning network. And it's all ready to go. Everything needed to do this is there and you can get your blue chip check the way that Elon promised, right? You can verify your account. So straight out of the gate, I can just say, you can't even comment on my shit unless you, you're verified. You can read it, but I don't, and, and the bots are dead. Because you can't afford to keep powering up your bots with more money. And maybe it costs you a nickel to make a comment. Maybe it costs you a penny. 
You know, maybe giving somebody a like transfers a penny's worth, a hundred sats to the person you gave a like to. And you don't have to participate in that, but why are you using something you don't see enough value in to spend 50 cents a day on, quarter a day on? That's what we're talking about. But a quarter a day destroys the bots because the bots operate in the hundreds of thousands. Right? So, and if the bots, if bots want to comment and give me a nickel every time they comment, then the bots are fine. You can comment. You can, I'm gonna, I'm gonna block your freaking comments because I don't want my users looking at them or nothing, but all of a sudden it's, it's, uh, it's a better thing. I, I think that maybe we can't trust any platform. People are flawed. Humans are flawed. But I think we can trust math. And the more power you give to the user to control what they see, who they talk to, who they interact with, it almost starts to not matter what the platform is at that point. If you can't, if you don't censor and you tell users, censor your own shit. Don't look at what you don't want to see. I think you get into a place with a lot more freedom. And to be fair to Andrew Torba, who I kind of picked on a little bit there, that's what Gab does. I'm not saying they do it wrong. I'm saying the lack of being clear about where you stand troubles me a lot. In fact, a great deal. And if I'm wrong, I would love to be wrong. I would love to be wrong. I probably, I could be wrong. It's equal opportunity, wrong or right. But what I mean is if I'm wrong, if there is a place that I can see that this type of statement has been made, that's what I'd like to know about. Because I don't judge a man without knowing him. And I don't know Andrew Torba. Um, I am also going to go forward. I'm going to be doing a lot more on entrepreneurial things and building your own business and side hustles and stuff. We've always done that. But I'm going to kind of double down on it. I think there are certain places, and I've kind of alluded to this today, and I want to kind of hit it here, where we can tell the government and the state and the leftists and the people that want to control our lives to go screw themselves. One is wealth, and there's your Bitcoin. right? There's a lot of things I could go from there, but I'm just going to say again, even if you know what I have, take it. You can't piss off. No, you can't have my wealth. Privacy, Start9 and other open source technologies, you can take your privacy away. We want to know what you're doing. Go piss off. Like I said, if you want to spend six months to brute force a picture of a cat that I called, look at this bomb because the cat is like jumping off a tree, that's fine. You can send your resources that way, but you're not going to get everything. You're not going to get everything. So we can say no when it comes to our privacy. When it comes to guns, the gun is the means by which we say no. 19 cops are afraid of one teenager with one gun. But you're going to take the guns away from 55 million Americans? Good luck. And by the way, I've talked to some cops recently about this. They fell into two camps. The cops that will never come take the guns, even though they would do it in their head, but they're afraid. They're the person that said, I I wouldn't have went in that door either if they told me not to. And the cops that said, I would have kicked that door in. I would have knocked my fellow officer out of the way. I would have told him to go screw If I got to die, I got to die. I'm saving that kid. Every cop that said that to me said, yeah, I'm not taking your guns. It's not happening. It it might surprise you guys as hard as I am on cops sometimes. Some of my biggest fans are cops. Some of my biggest fans are fairly high-ranking people in places like the FBI. You know who you are. You know who you are. And you give me hope. They'd be like, Jack's a cop lover. He sucks cock, cop, cock, or whatever. 
go on, just trolls, be gone, be gone. That's what we need. We need Adam, Adam Curry's thing where if you want to be a troll, you have to pay to be a troll, right? I'm just saying I judge the man, not the position. And I can tell you there's some guys that are doing more to hold the line than a lot of people with big mouths are. Because you can do your job poorly in some situations where it's a benefit to liberty for you to do it poorly. And you can do it in other places really, really well where it's not a, a, a bad thing for liberty to do it well. You know, all right, I'll let that go because I know I can't win that discussion. And last but not least, in the words of Tommy Chong, well, let's let Tommy say it for me instead of me saying it for Tommy. Here we go. Oh, that's good. That's yeah, that's like a protest tune, man. Yeah, I, I dig that, man. Yeah. But you know, while you were singing that, I wrote another tune. You know? Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's it's like the same thing, only different. You, know? you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah. It's like a little it. more rock and roll. All right, that, we'll know? get down. Yeah, something like this here. So it's not the song, it's the same but different man part. TSP's not going anywhere. I'm sure some people tune in like, man, I hope he's not going to stop doing it, or I hope he's not going to go to doing like one show a week. Or, no, no. We're going to do what we've always done. Because the way we got to where we are is by doing it the way we've always done. But at the same time, we also need to adapt. Um. I have been doing this a long time, and a lot has changed. The core principles will always remain self-sufficiency, self-reliance, independence, and liberty. They will always remain the core principles. But the means by which we secure them have changed a lot over the years. They really have. When I started this show in 2008, we didn't have a global cross-payments network known as Bitcoin and Lightning. It didn't exist. There were 3D printers, but they didn't do the shit that they did today. You couldn't go to Start9.com and buy an embassy server. And while you could start a business, there wasn't... Uber and Lyft and Rover and Airbnb and HipCamp, like all the things that we have today that are technology oriented, allow us to say no harder and more frequently and mean it more when we say it. And when I started this in 08, I came up with the term modern survival and modern survivalist. And Down to the point where I was like, if I'm going to say that's mine, I need to see if it's really mine. And I went on Google, and you can put quotes around a phrase or a sentence and do an exact match, match search. So in 2008, when I put modern survival with quotes around it into Google, I found one result, and it was like the sentence ended in modern, and the next sentence started in survival. It, had, it was like a weird thing. It had nothing to do with it. And there was zero results for modern survivalists. And so I coined that with the concept of we'll never get rid of the compass and the map, but we damn well would use the GPS. That whatever technology made our lives less brittle, we would embrace and we would use. 
And in the last few years, with this COVID's nonsense, the need for us to, to say no has gone up. This idea that you're going to vote it away, it's not happening. It's not happening. And if it does get voted away, it will be taken away before it gets voted away. We are governed at our own consent. And I know, dear listener, you're like, not me, Jack. I don't consent to any of this shit. And largely, you do not obey it either. As a population, we are governed at the consent of the majority of the population that chooses to go along to get along. And they do that by controlling you, and they do it by controlling your kids, and they do it by programming them over and over again. They do it with the, the largest purveyors of misinformation in the world today. And there's plenty on our side. I talked about it last week, right? But there's people saying shit. You don't know what you're talking about, and you speak before you know. But we, we are ants in the, in the bad way, right? Not, not the prepared ants. We are ants compared to the elephants that they are when it comes to disinformation. The mainstream media, and I'm including Fox News, the mainstream media and the United States government are the largest purveyors of misinformation on planet Earth. And we need to push back because most people will believe them. We're going to talk a lot more about homeschooling in the future, too. And we're going to, I'm going to reach out and say, give me your ideas. Like people that I don't want to hear your idea of like, well, we can just do this thing. Because most people that say just to do this thing, they didn't do the thing. They have no idea the complexity. I want to, if, you, if we really can set up co-ops, I want somebody that's doing it on the show as a guest. How did you do it? What's the blueprint? Let's print out a PDF. This is how to start your own co-op. Let's use these tools. Let's use these technologies. Let's make this replicatable because we have to say no. You know, I've taught you guys for years. The most powerful word in sales and marketing is no. Telling customers no makes them want to buy harder. But the most powerful word in the English language is no. And not to get somebody to do something, but to, to, to lay down a line and say, this is it. To hither thou shall come and no further. And we have for so long said to hither and thou shall come and no further. And they step over the line and we back up like three stooges. You back up and draw another line and back up and draw another line. It is technology where the line can be drawn, not because they won't cross it, because they can't. Kind of an analogy, but a real thing. I remember one time a guy told me in the army, we were at a bar. I'll bet you a beer. I can put a quarter on the ground and you can't jump over it. Now, if you're not a dumbass, and I'd like to think I'm not, you know, when you're in a bar and somebody says, I'll bet you fill in the blank. I can do this thing or you can't do this thing for a beer. You're bet, you're giving them a beer to see how they do the thing or prevent, like you're, you're just wanting to see the trick. You know, you're going to lose. So I'm like, well, it's NCO club. Beer was a, a dollar a beer. Yeah. I'll buy you a beer. Show me how to do it. He takes this quarter. He walks over to the corner of the room in the bar, in the back of the bar room, and puts the quarter 
in the corner, like tucked all the way into the corner. And he said, jump over it. This is what we need to start doing with the state, the oligarchy, the World Economic Forum, all of these people. Put the quarter in the corner. With that, let me remind you, you like the show and the work that we do, you can always support us by doing your online shopping at tspaz.com. That's T-S-P-A-Z, tspaz.com. You go there. All the stuff that you'll see uh, that's there is is stuff that I recommend, and I use it. I bought it. I spent my money on it, and I'd do it again if I, if I hadn't spent my money on it. If I wouldn't buy it again, I wouldn't recommend it to you. But no matter what you buy, you can help support us just by starting your shopping there. Uh, today's item of the day, I'm about to bring it up for those of you on the video, uh, is, here we go, the X-Power A2 Series Multipurpose Powered Air Duster. What does this thing do? It does a lot of stuff, but the main reason I have one is for cleaning out my computers, right? Um, that's uh, That's something that you need to do. Like, one of my tower computers, if I don't, if I go too long without cleaning it, it starts making a high-pitched whine. If your computer's doing that, you're damaging it right at the point that you, you already were damaging it. So I used to buy canned air. Canned air is stupid. I started buying this thing. So uh, I would definitely consider getting one of these if you don't have it already. Also fills up, like, air mattresses and stuff like that. I also I keep it out in my shop. I use it for, like, blowing uh, sawdust off of the shelf and things like that. It's really great. If you go to tspaz.com and take a look at it, you can see a video. It's not my video. It's another person's video. And when you see how strong this thing blows, it really blows. Remember, canned air is a stupid thing other than for a gag in space balls. This thing doesn't suck. It blows, and boy, does it blow. Let's hit a few of your things before. <laughs> There it is. This item blows. All right, let's hit a few of your things Um From the uh, comments, Sarah says, is Start9 able to replace the Internet Wi-Fi provider? Not yet, but that's the plan, is to allow it to be a mesh Internet thing to where everybody can connect to each other. The thing with that is you're still going to need a pipeline into the rest of the Internet, but I think that we can find a bridge. And But I, this is not something I would rely on happening tomorrow, right? Um Sarah says, $500 is my favorite family of six, elderly parents, five, seven nights, and it, uh, buy it to replace the existing food acquiring system in place. I don't really understand that, Sarah. I, I want to comment on that. Uh, five to seven, I, I don't get it. Um, to be more clear, um, Hanging in Laundry says, will the course be available as a video course in the future? If you're talking about the aquatics course, That's a, exactly what it's going to be. If you're talking about kind of my on-ramp to Bitcoin, I'm going to do all of those just like you're seeing here. They'll be done as live streams, those 10 um, or 12. I don't know what it's going to take to do it, but they probably won't be during regular podcast hours. I don't know that there'll be a lot of pre-announcement, but they will all be recorded, and they will be both in audio files in the podcast feed for the Bitcoin breakout, and each episode will have a video of it. I'm not going to do a tremendous amount of screen capture and things like that. I will do a little bit of that with like how to transfer Bitcoin and all, but it's guys, listen, if you're waiting for that, stop, go to your exchange, figure out what the withdrawal to your own private wallet is and get your Bitcoin into a private wallet. And here's the big thing for some of you guys. Many of you have like a Coinbase account or whatever, and you've bought stuff with Bitcoin. 
So that means you win your Coinbase account. You're like, I got to pay Jack 50 bucks for MSB. $50, Jack's address, send, confirm, send. It's the same. You just send it to your own address. Stop making it hard. It's not hard. But, yes, I will I will help you with this 10-part onboard uh, sequence. Jim's Garden says, the fundamental shows, it feels like I don't need to learn specifically, will become a checklist. Oh, yeah, I've got that. Oh, I need to revisit that. I think there's a lot of that. I think that if you're not... If you're not doing that, shit falls through the cracks. Like, we just did our freezer inventory. It's not even a fundamentals thing, but you need to do it. And we're like, oh, shit, we have a, a I have a rack of lamb? I guess I bought that for Easter and didn't cook it, or I bought it for Christmas. I don't know when I bought it, but it's I need to put that in the front. And so we have a book, and we inventory all our freezers, and we named all our freezers. Like, it's like that with everything, right? And then Jim says, same Jim says, well, shit, I guess that's when I said I was taking Jim's gun away. <laughs> That's pretty funny. K Bob says, funny how there is no uh conversation if this kid was on any meds. Yeah, I haven't heard that. And it makes me think he probably was. Because it probably would have been at least kind of like petered around and let out, you know, he wasn't on any kind of psych psychotic medication. I will say that we know that the vast majority of people that have done these horrible things are on medication for mental problems. And I think the thing that gets missed is not just, well, what did the medication have to do with this eventual result? Then somebody knew. If you're on psych, psych, psychiatric medication as a young male in America today, that means we knew, and yet no one did anything. For, like I said, this kid, like I have verified it, it does seem to be true anyway. I'm not going to say it's 100%, but – It does seem to be true. Like there's a picture of this kid with a bag full of dead cats. Like that's, that's a warning sign. Warning, warning. Uh, KJ4RMZ, walk the talk, America bridging the gap between mental health and responsible firearm ownership. Yeah. I, I, I think we have to look at this in some way. Like if you think that a person that's completely off the rails talking about killing people should be able to just go get a gun. I, I don't think you and I are the same. And I'm the most staunch defender of the right to self-defense that there is. But you don't put matches and a can of gas into the hands of somebody that says, that's wearing a T-shirt says, I want to be an arsonist. Right? So how do you do it? I don't know. But I, I think we have to look at it in, in some way. And I think we have to address the problem. Uh, 229 Mix says, I can make the file available to get the conversation started. And I, Mick means on Neewee, and Mick is the one that did it. Mick, please do that. Go ahead and get it in there and let me know about it when you do, and I'll kind of promote it and what have you. And maybe we can get that conversation started. Uh, K-Bonk platforms are like shit coins, too many to wash out. We already commented on that one. Pat Davis, I'm a founding member. I don't know of what. Um, if you're a founding member of the Member Support Brigade, thank you. Thank you so much. And that's probably what Pat means. Uh, will, Pat says also, will there be a separate and stackable on top of MSB discount permaethos? You know about permaethos doesn't exist anymore. There will not be a stackable discount. No. Um, and thank you for backing permaethos. And permaethos is one of my, to be honest, failures. I think we did a lot of good, but overall I think the entire idea failed. And if I ever do another community, what I've said about that is if I can't on any given day get up in the morning and say shit's going wrong and in that same day step foot on that property, I'll never do it again. And I don't know if I will anyway, but that's what it would take for me to consider it. Uh, 
execute system kill. Jack, I'm looking to diversify my crypto portfolio. I'm thinking of 50 to 75% Bitcoin. Do you think Ethereum would be a solid second crypto to hodl? I can only tell you where I'm at now. I have a few shit coins, if you want to call them that. Uh, I have some Monero and R because I'm a big believer in privacy, and Bitcoin's not all the way there yet. I have a big bag of Ethereum, but it's because I bought it when it was stupid, stupid cheap. I think there's still more upside. And eventually when I sell it, because it's Ethereum and it's not like a single account number and all that, I'm going to have to pay capital gains on it, and I want to bite that bullet one time. I would not buy anything but Bitcoin today with new money. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can. I can't tell you what to do and what not to do. I will not. I do consider myself a maximalist in that I am a believer that Bitcoin is better than everything else. That Bitcoin will eventually eat everything else. The Bitcoin will do everything that every alt has ever been made to do because Bitcoin didn't do it eventually. And that nothing else has nations making it legal tender. Nothing else has public companies putting it on the balance sheet. Nothing else has major banks now like opening their, their coffers and putting it on their balance sheets and making the bill. Nothing else has that. And so I can't recommend that you do anything other than buy Bitcoin. The other side of that, I've said these, and Ethereum is a security. One more time. Ethereum is a security. One more time. Ethereum, under United States securities law, based on the Howey test, is not a decentralized cryptocurrency. It is a security. And 90-plus percent of all cryptos are securities under U.S. law, and it is coming for them. Period. They'll probably be able to handle it, and it is an interesting enough technology that might be successful. But what I... I have to kind of point out is like all these technologies that all these cryptos enable, almost none of them are real. A, a technology that exists so that two different cryptos can be leveraged off each other is not a useful technology. My thing is who takes it? Who takes it? Like where can I go buy a stake for it? A stake and a bottle of wine and a tip and I pay for it with Bitcoin? Yeah. I pick on Bitcoin Cash. I call it Bitcoin Trash. I wouldn't put my money there, but I, there's a, 25% of the number of accepting vendors, but they're there. They exist. I don't know anybody that at point of sale takes Ethereum. I know some companies that do, but I've never been to a restaurant that takes Ethereum, and it certainly doesn't take all these other, like, 99,000 shit coins on the wall. Buy Bitcoin. That's why I'm doing it. And, again, I'm not going to be a toxic maximalist. I won't crap on somebody because they're involved in these other things. But every time that I put my money someplace other than Bitcoin, when I look back on it, I'm humble enough to admit it, it was a mistake. And uh, it's one of the 10 onboarding episodes I'll be doing. How Even when it worked out, the, in the macro, it was a mistake. That if all I had ever done was buy and hold Bitcoin, and every time I spent Bitcoin replaced it, that I'd already own Jackistan. So... Since I know that is the past, I expect it to be the future. Mick, Mike says, Jack, affiliate link for your T-shirts. I don't have an affiliate link for my shirts. Uh, these are made by SOE Tactical Gear, John Willis. If you go to uh, SOETacticalGear.com, OriginalSOEGear.com, I think both of those domains will get you there. But if you search for SOE Tactical Gear, you will find it. And Jim says of the item of the day, this item blows. It does in a good way with that, guys. 
I will catch you next time, actually tomorrow, with a really cool guest show. I'm not going to tell you about it. You'll have to tune in and see what it is. You pull yourself up. They keep bringing you down. Are they going to bail you out or just run you around? They said you should have a house the American way. Dollar down, a dollar a month, and you never have to pay. There's a bed.